You are listening to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and I'm joined here each episode with my co-host, Chrissy Dunham. And we just want to say thanks for tuning in. Have you ever wondered what the Bible has to say about worry and fear? Have you ever wondered how to decorate an odd-shaped room? Have you ever wondered how to make a quiche with a sweet potato crust? Well, you're in the right place because we talk about all the things. If we don't know the answers to some of life's biggest, most wonderful questions, the guests we have on certainly will. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. I know I don't have to tell you that Christmas is coming and fast. And depending on where you are in your parenting journey, this can be an exciting thing, an overwhelming thing, or both. But here's the deal. Christmas time doesn't have to be an exhausting survival mode time of year. It can be a season of renewal as we anticipate the birth and celebration of Jesus Christ. It's for this very reason that Christian Parenting created a brand new resource for parents like you. It's the Read, Ask, Go interactive Advent devotional for the whole family, and we would love to put one in your hands today. It's created to be used every day from December 1st through December 25th. The Read, Ask, Go devotional experience gives you and your family dedicated time every day this Advent season to read the scripture, ask some questions, and go serve your family, neighbors, and the world. If you're looking for a way to push the easy button on a meaningful spiritual resource for your family this Advent, this is it. So grab your copy of the Read, Ask, Go devotional experience before they're gone. Just visit ChristianParentingAdvent.org to get your copy today. That's ChristianParentingAdvent.org. Welcome to the Wonder Podcast. My name is Chrissy Dunham, and I am here with my friend and ministry partner, Lisa Clark. Lisa, how are you on this beautiful fall day? Oh, I'm so great. It is a, we are in November, aren't we? And that is yes. just the best time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year as we get to celebrate how thankful we are. And then we get to move on into Christmas. And these two months are just the best. So I'm happy. I'm a happy camper. I love it. Now, let me ask you the famous mm -hmm. question that mm -hmm. people are asking. Are you putting your tree up now or after Thanksgiving? Okay, so I have two trees. And last year, after we did our remodel, I went to the less is more approach to decorating. And it really suits me well because I didn't do that much in the first place. <laughs> so, so this is really uh, less is more, but. We have a really big tree in our front living area, okay? And so okay. that is going up on November 15th. Okay. Why? Because I have to have help with it. And the gal that can help me with it had like two days she could help me with it. So that's why it's going up then. I'm not necessarily going to do anything else because I want to wait till after Thanksgiving to do, I forget, is Thanksgiving early or late this year? Thanksgiving is right on time. Do we have another week in November before yes, we hit December? I, I believe that's it. And that's why I like when it falls nice. that way and it nice. doesn't happen that often. Yeah. So anyway, let me tell you what fun thing else I did last year, though, in my less is more approach. I got a flocked tree. I've always wanted a flocked tree. And all I do in our 
we have a big kitchen nook eating area den area. So it's kind of one big room and it's got a little fireplace in my kitchen nook. And I just put that flocked tree that's lit up there and it looks so beautiful. That's all I do. I, love I just it. have that in the corner, a lit flock tree, and I have a little, you know, star on the top and it looks really simple, but I love it right next to my fireplace. So stunning. That's what I do. Been fun. So I'm always the girl that does it. Just to clarify, uh, Thanksgiving, there's not a full week. There's like two days till we hit oh, December gosh. So it's 1st. later. Okay. Yeah, it's later. Okay. But I'm the girl that always waited. I've never, ever, ever decorated early. But this year, for some reason, I just have this urge to get going. And one of my friends at church said what she does is she feels the same way I do. And I host Thanksgiving and she puts her trees up and gets out as much as she can. But she leaves her tables Thanksgiving, her kitchen is Thanksgiving. All the places that people gather for Thanksgiving are still that. So I might try that approach, which basically means I would just put up my trees and maybe some greenery here and there, which we all know that's the hardest part. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm going to do. The rest of it, you just yeah, I'm going to keep Thanksgiving out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not totally convinced, but I'm really leaning that way a whole lot. But here's what we're doing today. (laughs) Today, Lisa, we are going to go through the book of 2 Peter. So today will be chapter one, and then we'll do another session with chapter two and three. It's a very short book, but it has got so much stuff in it. So sit back, get your coffee, relax, (laughs) get your notebook out because there may be some notes that you want to take as we do chapter one. So Lisa, read us in a nutshell about second Peter chapter one. Yeah. I'm so glad we're doing this, Chrissy, because we were spurred on by one of our listeners, actually, Veronica Erickson mentioned to me, she said, I think I'm going to use part of your podcast and other things that you guys have taught on on First Peter and Second Peter for my neighborhood Bible study, or just some girls that are getting together for Bible study. And so I was referring her to some of the podcasts and that kind of thing. And I realized, oh no, we never finished. <laughs> <laughs> we never finished. We never did Second Peter. So there's a whole nother book that goes with First Peter. So we apologize, you guys, that we never got to this, but here we are uh, almost a year later doing it. But um, but it's going to be good. Chrissy, there are some things I want to just say before we go into the nutshell as we set the table for Second Peter. Peter obviously wrote the book. There is some discrepancy on that, though. It's interesting. But the audience is mainly Jewish and Gentile. It's from both areas. This is to the new church, so the first century church, whereas Paul's letters were more to places where he had launched churches. Peter's letter is just to the church in general, most of them living in the northern part of Turkey or Egypt. The letter has three primary purposes. One is to alert readers to the dangers of false teaching, and then to remind them that their personal, personal faith should not remain static. And then just to encourage them in their faith and looking forward to the return of Jesus Christ. It was probably written around 65 to 67 AD. And um, if you recall, First Peter was a lot of talking about suffering, but this one is more about being aware and kind of on our toes, which I don't know about you, but every time I was reading the books in Second Peter, I'm like, oh, wow, this is tw- fast forward to 2021, yes. you know? 
It is very uh, much where we are today yes. in our lives and very applicable, which the Bible is. Yes. Um, but this one really hits home. And I'm very excited about it because, like you said, he's encouraging the church to get in the word and know the word. Yeah. Know the word. Know yeah. why you believe. Exactly. Okay. So here is our nutshell out of the Holman commentary book that we just love. Greetings to all believers whose faith in Jesus Christ provides them with an invaluable faith like ours. Be encouraged when you realize that God's power can transform your life and direct it toward virtues that will have a positive and productive impact on others. Since my time on earth is short, may I point out to you that what I tell you is not made up. I was an eyewitness. If that is not enough, we have the Old Testament writings God gave us to study and learn from. So why don't you get us started reading the first four verses? Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith equal to ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, may grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Verse 4. By these He has given us very great and precious promises, so that through them you may share in the divine nature escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. Verse three is Mm. my mantra. Mm -hmm. And I have spoken on this before when I discovered it a few years ago. It is so rich, so full. Verse three, his divine power, his Holy Spirit that he left behind, his divine power has given us everything required for life. You can just stop right there and count on that promise. Yes. He is explaining to them that this Holy Spirit that has been left behind by our Savior, our Counselor, our Helper, all the things that the Holy Spirit does for us has given us everything required for life. So when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you gained this through salvation and everything required for life, for lack of a better word, has been preloaded in you. Good. All you have to do is access the Holy Spirit. And what that means is you just talk to him, you ask him, you beg him, you plead with him, you do all the things and he will guide and direct your every step day by day, moment by moment. And then it says, and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So the knowledge of him, that you will be godly through the knowledge of him. He's telling them you need to know as much as you can about him, about the Holy Spirit, which is Jesus Christ, which is God. You need to know as much as you can about him. And that's going to help you get everything you need. For he called us by his own glory and goodness. And Lisa, he didn't have to do that. Right. He did not have to create us. He did not have to create Lisa. He did not have to create Chrissy, but he did because he wanted a relationship with me. And it's all right there. And then verse four, 
By these, he has given us very great, and here's the key word, precious promises, Mm. so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world of evil desire. We know that the enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy. He is out for your families. He is out for your children. He is out for you. He is in your every thought. He is creeping in everywhere if you let him. When you are armed with the knowledge of God and who he is, Satan doesn't want anything to do with you because you have that shield, you have that breastplate, you have that helmet, and he cannot attack you. He cannot get to you. So that's what I love about these words, precious promises that through them you may share in divine nature, escaping the corruption that's in the world of evil desire. You can escape the enemy by the knowledge of God, by the knowledge of the Holy Spirit, and he's going to give you everything you need, everything for that day. I think the mistake a lot of us make is we want to know the future. Well, what's going to happen three months from now? Well, what's going to happen tomorrow? Well, what's going to happen in this situation? And he is reminding me, Chrissy, I'm giving you everything you need one day at a time. We don't need to discuss what's going to happen in the future. We don't, I've got it handled. I've got it handled. I need you to continue to get knowledge about who I am, get to know me, fall in love with me more, spend more time with me, I'll take care of all your details. Don't, you know, ask me, but I will take care of it. Don't worry about it. I've got it covered. So those words in my Bible, the version I have, those precious promises that help us escape corruption. Those just speak so deep to my soul this day. Amen. I love it. Amen. I love that scripture when we talk about parenting too, because as you're parenting your kiddos, you have to be reminded that God, if they're believers in Jesus Christ, God has given everything to them as well to escape this the corruption of the of the world, to escape the wiles of the enemy, and so we have to give them that credit, and and we have to give them space and room in their lives for the Holy Spirit to work, so that. So that they can grow up in their faith and that they can understand, hey, I need to depend on the Holy Spirit. He's given me everything I need to flee this. And this is a promise. This is a promise to us as the body of Christ that that we have what it takes to do this world God's way. It's a promise. I know in Nikki Koziar's book, Flooded, that I'm going through with my neighborhood Bible study right now, she talks about the difference between principles and promises. And some of the things we say are promises aren't really, they're principles in the Bible. That's right. And it's been a really good, I know you've done the book too. It's been a really good reminder to me that these promises I can bake on, these principles I can live by. And so it's really good. I love the scripture too. Uh, just a few other things in my notes that I wanted to bring up, Chrissy, was that we do know it's Peter that's that wrote the book. He says it's Peter. Peter means man of rock. His life was built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. He was a Christian, Christian meaning little Christ. And so he was representing him. The change and transformation in the Christian life are fueled by a combination of human responsibility and divine power. We have a part in this. We don't want to just stay a baby Christian. We want to grow up. And faith is trusting in Jesus to save us, but then We need to add to that faith. And that's what the next verse is. I'll go ahead and read verses 5 through 11. 
here, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith. So faith is that first stepping stone we've got to get on. Add to it virtue or goodness. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call in election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly, into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So basically, Peter's giving us a life map as we grow up in our faith. And we want to add on top of the things that we're learning. And as we grow, we've got to take that first step, though. It's faith, right? Take that first step and then we add to it goodness or virtue and knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness, brotherly kindness, then love. That's how we grow up in our faith. I love the quote by John Henry Newman. It says, growth is the evidence of life. Hmm. We don't want to be the same person tomorrow that we are today. We want to learn. We want to grow. My goodness, Chrissy, we're getting older every day. Don't we want to look different than we did in our 40s, be further down the road in our spiritual growth, be further down the road in in our maturity in the Lord? Parents, This is one of my favorite verses to talk about with your preteens and teens. These are the things I'm looking for in your life, child. This is the growth that we are wanting to see because of those scriptures we just read, because the Holy Spirit is giving you everything you need for life and godliness. Now, what will we see in your life? We'll see this stepping stone, these things added one to another. We want to grow in our faith and let our light shine. We start on that first step, then we add to it. And that's called living out our faith. I just love it. I think it's a great prescription. I totally agree. The whole entrance of verse five, for this very reason. So in other words, because you have received, if you go back to what I talked about, because you have received salvation, it's time to take action. Here's your action plan. Here's what you need to do. And I know that big things are built one brick at a time. Buildings are built one brick at a time and victories are achieved one choice at a time. So a life well lived is chosen one day at a time. And you build this foundation. And before you know it, you are living the life that God has called you to live because he's given you everything you need. And it's just one brick at a time. So I love that. I love everything about that. Me too. Okay. Okay. So you left off in 11. You want me to read 12 to what? Let's read till 15. Okay. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you know them and are established in the truth you now have. I think it is right, as long as I'm in this bodily tent, to wake you up with a reminder, since I know that I will soon lay aside my tent, as our Lord Jesus Christ has indeed made clear to me. And I will also make every effort so that you are able to recall these things at any time after my departure. 
This little chunk of gold (laughs) is inlaid with so many things, especially as a parent, especially as a grandparent, as a believer. But here's what Peter is saying. He's saying, I'm getting ready to die. I'm getting ready to lay aside my tent. Now, I love that he said the Lord Jesus Christ has made it clear to me. I wish he'd make it clear to me because (laughs) it's like you're going to (laughs) die. But, you know, it's like he knows it's coming soon. Well, I forget what chapter it was. It's in one of the Gospels, but he predicts, he says, you will die a martyr's death. Yeah. Right. So So I guess he knows they're after him. And he's like, I am going to get out all this information as I can, because he was so concerned about these people. He was challenging the audience to live authentic Christian lives. And he was insisting on the importance of scripture for guiding and preserving their faith. So he's telling them, I just want to remind you of these things, even though you know and are established in the truth you now have, even though I know you know, I'm going to repeat it to you one more time just to remind you. And then he says, and I will also make every effort so you are able to recall these things at any time after my departure. Is that not the sweetest thing to promise these people is I'm going to write this down. Yeah. And it's not only for you, but it's for Chrissy and Lisa and Charlie and Brad and all the people that are coming after you. I'm going to write it down so that you can remember here is the action plan. Here are the steps that you need to take because I'm getting ready to go away and I will see you soon. But here are the instructions before I leave. I love that the Bible is written with the end in mind, that your time is going to come. But while you're here, here are your instructions of how to have a successful life. People always want to know, what can I do to have success in my life? Well, right. here it is. His divine power exactly. has given you everything you need. That's exactly. it. He was spurring them on. And I, I love that too. I'm, I, as I was listening to that, I'm just like, okay, he was spurring him on. Who are the people in our lives that are spurring us on? We need those people. Reminding right. us of truth, reminding us that we're not finished yet. This old tent is is decaying. It's decaying. But as long as I have breath, I will declare the goodness of the Lord. Who's reminding you to live as Christ? Right. We need those people in our life. That's why community, that's why church fellowship, all of these things are the friends that we pick and spend time with. That's why it's all so important. This Absolutely. tent is falling apart. Yes, it's coming it is. down. It's going coming down, down, and I'm going to get a new tent, and you're <laughs> going to have to say, wait, is that you? Look at that <laughs> tent you've got now. <laughs> it's coming. Glory. Glory. It's okay, be a let's good keep day. Um, let's read verses 16 through 21. Here we go. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. 
some of my favorite scripture there as well. We are just loving this whole chapter. Mm-hmm. But he was saying, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. You can't disagree with us. We're telling you, you this is a firsthand account that Jesus is Lord, that he is God, that he is the Messiah. And, and he says, we heard him speak. We heard God speak on the Mount of Transfiguration. We saw our Jesus, our friend, our savior, our Messiah, our brother, we saw him transfigured there. And then the words of God spoken from the heavens, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well placed. This is an eyewitness account. So I'm just thinking of all the times when I hear people say, oh my word, I just saw, I just saw something flying through the air, or I just saw this wreck, or I don't look at them and go, no, you didn't. Exactly. (laughs) I say, oh, really? Tell me more. You know, you right. uh, you believe them because they saw it. And this was what Peter was trying to tell them that day. This is what I saw, you guys. So all of the false teaching and the people that are jumping on the bandwagon and the naysayers, please flee them. Please disregard them. Please don't get caught up in this. There's so many people as the church grows, and it was growing so quickly in that first century, so quickly. People were coming out of the woodworks with pride on their heart to get involved and be someone that people looked up to, but without knowing Christ, without knowing the truth. And so he was saying, this is, this really happened. I was there. Now, when he talks about, listen, the the morning star, he talks about the day dawns and the morning star, the day dawning, when you hear that, it's talking about the second coming of Christ. And, and you have to recall this, this second coming and this rapture and even the resurrection was being so refuted because they'd never really heard about this stuff before. And so the morning star is a picture of Jesus at the second coming. He's saying, hide this in your heart, you guys. This is what's going to be different than anything else. This is what's going, this is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. This is the good news because he's coming again for us. And everything was positioned toward that second coming as it is today. So we're, we're awaiting his coming. They were awaiting his coming. And that's why we continue to live for Christ. That's why we continue to tap in, like you were saying, to the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. So here's a question. Are you living the life of someone transformed by the power of God Almighty? That's good. It's a question we should ask ourselves every morning. Am I living a life, the life of someone who's been transformed by the power of God Almighty. Have you forgotten the power within you? Is your light dim or is it radiant? Are you listening to others who are speaking for God or speaking for themselves? These were the questions that Peter was trying to get the church to think about. You have got what it takes to believe, and I am your source of information right now. I, I'm giving you a first-hand account. You can believe me. You know, there's a lot of theories amongst our, our scholars that Peter didn't write Second Peter, that he wrote First Peter, but the way Second Peter was written was very different than First Peter. The commentaries I read said they they truly believed that it was Peter writing both of them. 
But I think uh-huh. that's it's kind of interesting. I thought I would just throw that in there. But do you have anything else you want to add I, on that? I think it's very interesting, and I believe Peter wrote it. And I think the older we get, the more passionate we get, and the more that we are not afraid to say what we need to yeah, say. For sure. And I think because he knew he was at the end, he may have written it different. It's more of a listen. Time is running out. You know, Jesus is coming back. I'm leaving. I'm going to give you some last minute instructions. So here we go. So I think that as you mature, your writing is going to change. Your opinions are going to become stronger. You're not ashamed anymore. And I think just to tag on to what you were saying for us today, we are eyewitnesses. We are still eyewitnesses of Jesus and his power and the hope and all that he does. We experience it each and every day. Whether you realize it or not, we experience it. So we are eyewitnesses. We are to keep our mouths open about who he is, what he's done in our lives, whether it's something little, whether it's something big, and we need to share who he is because he is coming back. And we do need to have that confidence and we do need to have that eyewitness account of who he is, just like Peter did here. He is setting the example of who we are to be today. It's true. I kept thinking about Sarah Avatua, our friend Sarah Avatua, as I was reading this chapter, because when you when you go back to the very first, she's just lost her husband tragically, and she's struggling, you know, like any of us would be, with just making it through the day. And I think of this as I, when you said, when you were talking about verses three and four, as his divine power is given to us all the things that pertain to life and godliness, so that we can understand these promises. And so we've got everything we need, right? To get us through every day of life, the tragic days, the joyful days, we've got what it takes, but we've got what it takes for today. And I think that's one thing I just keep texting Sarah is, you know, just pick up your manna for today, Sarah. Yeah. You know, you pick it up for tomorrow and then it goes bad, you know? That's right. Just, right. just folk one and day at a time. That's right. One and these young mamas time. that are home yes. that, you know, they're taking care of dishes and milk is spilling and they're carpooling and there's financial setbacks and strained family relationships. There's fears, there's disappointments. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. That is simply a platform for God to display his mighty Amen. grace toward us. It's just a platform Amen. for him to do what he does best. So we are to keep our eyes on him and remember that he's given us everything we need. Everything. Every day. Everything. I was just talking to my daughter, Cameron, who has two little boys and herself. She's 30 weeks pregnant and she's got a two-year-old and a one-year-old. And they've had this stomach bug virus flu. I don't know what it is, but it's dreadful. And they are on day six. And the one that she thought was well threw up again, you know? Oh, God. And she's just going, she's crying. She's like, how many more days can we do this? I'm weary. I, I, I don't know, you know? And I said, you know what? There's not one thing you need to focus on except today. That's right. And getting those babies hydrated, keeping them hydrated keeping the you know laundry going because it's a mess around there and there's really nothing else you need to be focused on and you can tell she just kind of took a breath like okay that's a good word because i can't when i start thinking about other things i just crumble right like how are we what does the rest of the week look look like you know will these kids ever go back to school (laughs) will i ever get a moment to myself will i feel better you know so it's such a good 
word as far as believers because we don't want to get too far down the road because we know that God is going to meet us at every turn if we just trust Him, follow Him, and and claim the promises of God. That's right. Thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate it. If you like what you heard and were encouraged, please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Because your recommendation for our podcast brings us great joy and it helps others find out about us. And if you are able to help support our podcast ministry, we would absolutely love that. You can go to chrissydunham.org and click the link to the party table. No donation is too small. We are so thankful for you. God bless.